Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Gallagher, Jr. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. You can find Steve on steveazar.com. And get your copy of Only One Shot by VJ Trulio. It's available on Amazon. Today I have Philip Barbary, former LSU Tiger. He grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. He won the 2015 U.S. Junior and uh, one of the top junior golfers before he got to LSU where he played 125 rounds, fourth lowest scoring average in program history, 12 top tens, one of the better players, one of the good guys. Uh, he's just turned pro graduating, as I said. We can't wait to hear what his future plans on and listen to him tell his story of his journey uh, as one of the top junior players on to LSU and what uh, the future holds for him. Philip, welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. Uh, you just graduated from LSU. You've turned pro, uh, but uh, pretty exciting times for you. Yeah, I'm excited. There's you know a lot of new stuff you know coming my way, and I uh, couldn't be couldn't be more excited to get this all started. And and yeah, to finally uh, finally graduate feels good too. Yeah, well, I bet. I, I remember that 100,000 years ago. But uh, uh, let's get started. How you got started playing the game? Who got you started playing? Yeah, so I was probably about five years old, and, and my, my dad just, you know, took me out to our driving range here. We live on a golf course called Southern Trace mm-hmm. in Shreveport, Louisiana. And uh, he took me out to our range, and um, from then on, you know, we, we went out there every so often, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I guess he saw some potential in me, and, you know, from then I started taking lessons, and... Um, you know, kind of improved pretty rapidly at a, at a young age. And I just really enjoyed the game. And heck, I remember, you know, going out before school, you know, at seven o'clock and going to going across the street and chipping on the chipping green and just so I can get in a little more practice. And, uh, I think that's kind of how I became, you know, as good as I did so early and, and why I'm, you know, it's probably one of the best parts of my game, too. But, yeah, well, there's a lot to be said yeah. about that, because you, you've got to love this game to play it like that. But you grew up with a bunch of good players in Shreveport. I mean, Hal Sutton and David Toms, yeah. of course, were from there. But you had some pretty impressive kids to play with. Was that a big help for you, playing kids your own age and, and good players and competing against each other week to week, day to day? Yeah, it's funny, because up until I was about, I don't know, nine or ten years old, I always said, like, there's just nobody around here I can play with that's that's kind of, you know, my age, and mm-hmm. that's pretty good. And, of course, that's when I first met Sam Burns, and uh, and then that's when, you know, we started playing every day together. And, and really, you know, I think that's, that's why we became even better, just because we, we played with each other and, and pushed each other every day kind of thing. And, and it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, obviously that's kind of why, you know, I wanted to go to, to LSU and and kind of um, rekindle that a little bit and and you know I went there early to LSU just so I could play with Sam I knew he'd probably leave and and uh, so we got to do that again but those those first you know couple of years with him gone and being at LSU me being still in Shreveport it was it was different and it was a little adjustment but you know I think having you know a good player like him and 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 me I think it's you know a little bit uh, a tribute to uh, David Pollard and how sudden and, and how successful they were and us kind of growing up and seeing that success and, and saying, well, I mean, they're from here. Maybe, uh, maybe we can do that too. Absolutely. And then David built 265, a practice facility and an incredible facility there. 
for you, you know, for everybody really. Mm-hmm. And it was a big help there. You spend quite a bit of time there, I'm sure, uh, practice, especially in some bad weather, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like we were just talking, uh, you know, I went out there yesterday, it was pouring rain, but you know, they were, you know, fortunate enough to let me come out there and, and hit balls inside one of the bays. And yeah, it's just such a good, such a good spot. I mean, there's no shot you can't hit out there. And, you know, they got nine par threes. They got a, a little loop that's a par three, par four, par five. They got, you know, four or five different places you can hit on the range. So, you know, you can hit different shots and different winds. Um, and just a bunch of other, you know, things like technology and a weight room. I mean, it's really a, a special spot. And, um, you know, I know David had that kind of vision of, you know, building a place and having guys there to, you know, young guys to, to develop their games. And, you know, it certainly worked out. Yeah, you talk about technology and weight rooms. Game, you know, when I played, and Hal Sutton's been on the podcast, we talked about, you know, if you did weights, oh, it messes up your body. But that's a big part of you guys and, and what you grew up with. You grew up with it, so you're not scared of it. And you guys use that technology. Yeah. And, and it's a really amazing. I mean, you guys are athletes. Did you play other sports growing up, or did, did you just kind of focus in on golf there towards the end of your high school? You know, I kind of played, uh, obviously, growing up, you know, you played you know, T-ball and machine pitch and all that. And, and I kind of stopped there. Um, I realized that the baseball swing was kind of messing up my golf swing a little bit, but, uh, and then, you know, I played basketball, you know, up through middle school. Um, but you know, I, I realized pretty quickly I, was, I wasn't going to the NBA. So I, I stuck to golf. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I figured that out in 10th grade. It was a quick, uh, it was a quick learning uh, when I got yeah. out there and they'd won two state championships. They didn't need any six foot, uh, guys that, uh, when they had six foot seven guys, I said, okay, this is not my sport, but, uh, enjoyed it. Nonetheless, yeah. I think it's important for kids to play other sports, but you talk about, you know, your yeah. junior golf and you played a lot of AJGA events. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners are parents and the kids, they try to figure out, you know, how to make a schedule how did you do that back then and figure out where you wanted to play and how many tournaments you could play in a summer you know i was i was really fortunate to have a dad that um was successful at at what he did and um you know he owns restaurants in louisiana and and a couple in in birmingham alabama and so he was you know at that point he's a little older now and he he kind of devoted a lot of time to to my golf and my schedule and and they're really providing for me and helping me kind of chase this dream and and so he you know he did all the research he he figured out what i needed to do what what courses i needed to play you know where i what coaches i needed to see and and and, and the schedule i needed to, to play what so coach, really what coaches you know, did you go see what who did you go see early on you know early on um you know, when, when I think he saw a little bit of potential in me, you know, we first had a lesson um, at Squire Creek with a guy named Jeff Parks mm-hmm. that he used to be at Southern Trace. And, um, you know, he was big into the TPI stuff. And um, he was just a, he was a good coach and a really good guy as well. And um, so we started out there. And, you know, at some point I think we just moved on. And, heck, I've, I've seen, a, you know, a handful of coaches – you know, around, you know, around the area mm-hmm. or outside the area of the years. But, um, you know, I think it was just, you know, he saw that I could really take it somewhere and, and, uh, you know, decided and let's go, let's go try to see, you know, who we can and, and see if we can really make this something. 
kind of thing. Yeah, you mentioned TPI. What role do you I mean? Does that play in your game and in, in your uh, workout stuff? Because that's that was been very popular with a lot of players and even tour players for that matter. Yeah, I think you know. I think TPI, you know, all that stuff is is really good. Um, you know, obviously with you need the good range of motion, mobility, and and stretching. I think that's obviously really important. Um, probably more important than, than we even know, but, uh, you know, really for me, obviously I do that stuff, but, you know, when I work out, I'm, I'm really trying to, to build speed and, and being explosive and, and strength as well. And, you know, I think, I think that's important to build strength, but also to work on your speed, um, with the swing. It's so important. You know, now these days we see that with, you know, all these golfers like Bryson and, and heck, even Phil Mickelson's doing it now. Mm-hmm. Dustin, they're all just got so much speed that, um, you know, like you said, it's probably a lot of, you know, playing sports growing up. There's, there's a lot of overlap and, and athletes are, you know, coming out and playing golf more than ever. And, uh, you know, I think we're seeing the, you know, the reaping of that right now. What kind of things do you do to increase your speed and your explosiveness? What kind of exercises or workouts do you do? Yeah. So I, I came to college and I was, I was swinging on the course maybe like, you know, 100, 507 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't swinging very fast. And, uh, you know, I really made a conscious effort to just be more consistent and go into the gym and, and go in, you know, four days a week, five days a week, something like that. And and so I really just made more of a conscious effort to do that. And as well, you know, I I get on a track man every day and, and just really just see how hard I can swing, basically, okay. and, and do that for for 10 minutes and, and just see if I can increase it every day. And, and I mean, now, you know, if I want to, I can swing it, you know, over 120 miles an hour if I want to. Wow. But I mean, a golf course, a golf course wise, I'll, I'll be more around 115. That's pretty good. So you really increased it as you continued. And I think the consistency in working out is huge. I, I'll work out for a while, then I'll quit. And it, all you do is go backwards. And, yeah. You know, when you get to 59, exactly. you really got to do it every day. So, uh, But let's go, back, <laughs> let's go back to that dream summer you had, 2015. You're, you're, uh, you've worked hard. You said you're getting yeah. better. You're at the U.S. Junior. You've got a chance to win. What goes through your mind those last few holes when it's – everything you've worked for is almost in your grasp. What goes through your mind at that point? Yeah, well, I think that that whole summer, I mean, I was so confident. I had so much confidence coming into that that week. Um, I just won the Rolex Tournament of Champions by 14 shots. Hmm. And I'd won my state championship earlier that summer. Um, you know, and I'd done a bunch of other, you know, really good things and, and felt like my game was trending and, you know, I just felt like, you know, I felt like nothing could go wrong. Um, you know, I, that match, that final match to U.S. Junior, it was, uh, you know, it was it was up and down. I, I got up to a three-up lead, I think, through ten holes and uh, didn't win a hole the next, I think, maybe 18 holes and, and got found myself five down and five down with eight to play. And, uh, you know, I really just, you know, I told my caddy, I said, I just need to hit each shot the best I can, and, and we'll just see what happens. And uh, and so that's kind of what I did. I started from there. I think buried the 11th hole. That kind of sparked a little bit of something. Um, and I was, you know, four, four down at that point. Then the next hole, he got into some trouble, and I made about a 30-footer for, for birdie. Um, and I think 
I think that's kind of the point where I was like, I can win this thing. I can come back because, mm-hmm. you know, I knew I, I just needed two putts that putt to probably win the hole. And, but when that went in, I was like, this is this is my time. I can I can win this thing. And and uh, you know, from then on, I, I just kind of played steady all the way in, made a birdie or two, and you know, we get to the last hole and and I'm one down. And uh, you know, it's a really tough hole. Dog leg left, water water on along the left the whole way. It's kind of like number 18 at TBC Sawgrass kind of, and uh, I hit my drive down the middle. He ends up hitting his right and it ends up, you know, just going out of bounds. And, and, you know, most people would think, well, I mean, you're, you know, you're easily going to win this hole, but, you know, with, with water all on, along the left and just a really tough hole, I, I had to hit a four iron from about 210 and, um, you know, ended up hitting it on the green. And, and from then on, I was, you know, I was just really confident. I knew, I knew that I was, I was going to do this thing and, and, you know, end up working out in the end on the first, first playoff hole. But, uh, yeah, that summer was, was crazy. And, you know, obviously gave me a lot of confidence and, you know, from then on, I, I went on to, to win the, the spirit international, you know, individual portion a couple months later. And so 2015 was a good year for me. And, uh, you know, especially, you know, that, that U.S. Junior was, was obviously the biggest highlight. You mentioned TPC 18th hole. It's kind of Hal Sutton like they're knocking it on the green and winning the <laughs> winning the tournament or actually tying up your match. That's kind of a Hal Sutton. Uh, must be something in Shreveport. But okay, you win this <laughs> U.S. Junior. Have this great summer. Uh, Hal Sutton talks about your own personal journey, meaning the expectations are what you should put on yourself and and not too many. Did you feel a lot of pressure to kind of succeed after that dream summer, or maybe pressure from others? You know, I felt like I was on the right path and everything was going great. Um, and you know, I kind of for about a year, I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a rough patch, and I, it started um, actually at that Spirit International Golf Tournament that I that I mentioned. And and uh, while I played good and I won that tournament, the second round, I got out there on the course and I hit a ball. Um, actually, I was on the driving range. I hit a couple balls, and I was like. Man, my wrist is killing me right now. I don't know what's going on. And uh, so I kept hitting, kept hitting. I took some Advil. Ended up playing great that day. But, I mean, it still, you know, still bothered me. Um, and so I just kept playing, kept playing. Obviously, I played well, so I really didn't think much of it after that. Ended up, you know, probably getting some bad habits that I was trying to compensate for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's kind of what... Uh, kind of what led to that kind of year where I was just a little bit down and, and didn't play quite as well. And, you know, if I had to do it all over again, you know, I'd probably, you know, immediately stop playing and check it out um, just to make sure no other damage was done or I wouldn't get any bad habits. But, you know, you're 17, you think you're, you're playing great, you're kind of invincible. So, you know, whatever, let's just keep going. And, and, uh, and yeah, so I ended up getting some bad habits and, and I had to try to get out of those bad habits, which was, you know, that was the tough part. And, and you know, I don't think, you know, expectations, I don't think that was really a problem. Um, but it was just kind of dealing with that injury. And, and, you know, in some ways I'm still, you know, trying to get back from it mm-hmm. in some ways. But, um, you know, I think that's kind of the, the main contributor there. But, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, wrist is fine now and, and it's all healed up and nothing's wrong, so I'm pretty, you know, thankful about that. 
Yeah, that's great advice because I think a lot of people try to play through an injury and they get into those bad habits. I mean, for me, it wasn't an injury. I'd switch clubs, didn't really like them, and so, oh, I can swing and play with anything, and it ended up my swing completely changed, got in bad habits, and lost really lost my confidence mm-hmm. and, and fought it the way through, and I think that's the tough part. But uh, you go through that recruiting process. You're one of the top recruits in the country. Tell us what that process was like and why you chose LSU. Yeah, so I, I've been an LSU fan all my life, and mm-hmm. and my parents were too. We were, you know, we went to as many home LSU games as we could throughout the, the falls um, when I was growing up, and I just loved LSU, loved the atmosphere, loved Baton Rouge. And, and um, you know, when I was going through the recruiting process, they were also, you know, beginning to be pretty good team and, and you know, led by Coach Winstead when he got there. And, and so I just felt like it was, it was a no-brainer for me. I feel like I could get better there, and on top of that, I love the school. And it only it only helped when when Sam Burns and, and Nathan Johnson when they they committed. You know, they're from Treeport, and mm-hmm. when they committed, I can I can see myself going anywhere else. And um, you know, but I still went on visits. I went on a couple of visits to Texas A and M, SNU, but and obviously LSU. But you know, I was a freshman in high school when I you know, committed to LSU, so I didn't I didn't really get the get the chance to go to many other colleges, but I knew where I wanted to go, and, and uh, you know, I'm glad I was that decisive on it. Yeah, because, you know, I, th- I think even back when you were being recruited, it's changed in the last year or two. Kids were having to make that decision in ninth grade. Some, You know, if you got to 10th grade and were a boy, and even some of the top girls, you were not left out in the dust, but coaches had gone that far in advance. That's a tough decision to make early. Of course, you knew where you wanted to go, and uh, it's kind of like my daughter Kathleen. I mean, she, she was so funny in the process. She said that uh, I think it was in her junior year, and she said, "Man, coaches are pressing me." And I said, "Well, what are you looking at?" She goes, "Well, colors are real important, Dad, because you got to look good to play good." And you, <laughs> and you know how we love Kathleen. That's I was right. like, "That's such a Kathleen comment." But you know, she waited till her junior <laughs> year, and 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 it was really cool. But one of the cool things I thought about LSU uh, is the the men and the women's team are pretty close. Uh, and, and it, it was mm-hmm. when my wife Sissy was there and my sister Jackie was there and, and the times I'm down there and how important is that for just for all of y'all to kind of be in that same game and you're all in this together to have that kind of tightness is, uh, for both the men and the women's teams yeah I think, uh, I think it's it's kind of big you know we're out there every day you know, around the same time practicing and playing together you, you get to be around them a good bit you know, even this year we traveled to a tournament with them mm-hmm. uh, to the Blessings because we both we both played, you know, at the same time. And so it is, you know, it is important. And, you know, it's, it also makes it a little, a little more fun. You know, uh, Kendall Griffin, she sometimes, you know, she wants to challenge me at chipping contests and stuff like that. And, and so it gets, it gets kind of fun, you know, just um, have that camaraderie a little bit. And, and especially now with Garrett Runyon being the, being the head coach you know he was my assistant um when i first got there and so that you know even that made the i guess camaraderie and, and the bond even more and, and uh and so yeah it is it is aspect and I, I don't think uh i don't think many many college teams can say that they're they're as close and you know i'm fortunate you know i think that that lsu we definitely have a, a tight bond and and it helps, especially when they're as good as they are this year. We, we may can learn mm-hmm. some things from them, too. <laughs> well, that's and that's what I remember. You know, I've talked to several coaches and about that same thing, is they can, you can both learn from each other. And I remember Sissy telling Kathleen, go watch Sam hit balls. Why, Mom? Just go watch. 
And and it's just you yeah. know you'll learn something uh, and how he did it. And he, he she'd walk over and Sam goes, "What do you want, Kathleen? Mom told me to watch you hit balls." I mean, so they'd laugh and have that. But I think you guys are all in it, like you're saying. You're putting hours in there together, and and it's 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 friendships, and those will be friendships you'll you'll keep and continue on for life. But you mentioned Garrett was your assistant. That was a big adjustment. I wouldn't say it was a blow for y'all, but that was a big adjustment for y'all because y'all were so used to having him there, and now he's gone over to the women's uh, side. What, mm-hmm. what adjustments was that the next year to not have him there? Especially you, because I think he, he went a lot with you, especially uh, you guys have really a tight bond. Yeah, he walked with me a, a couple times. But, you know, Garrett, we always felt like, you know, he was our guy. He was he was one of us. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, obviously going to LSU as well. You know, he he just felt like he was, you know, one of us on the team, and and you know, not in any way that you know disrespects his authority or anything, but mm-hmm. just just a way that you know says, you know, we do have that tight bond, and and we can go to him with you know whatever we need, really. Or, or you know, you know, there are certain times where you want to tell somebody something, but you may not want to tell the you know the head guy. Well, mm-hmm. you know, he get Garrett you know, see what he said because he has, you know, valuable insight and, you know, he's close to our age, I guess, you know, he's a little bit older, but, you know, he might have gone through the same things we went to through and, and, uh, you know, all around, he's just a, he's a good guy. He understands and, and, um, he's really, you know, makes that known that he's there for us. And so, yeah, that was a, you know, tough adjustment, but, you know, we still saw him all the time. And, um, you know, I think, you know, him being gone was definitely a blow, but uh, you know, it also made a made an opportunity for for other guys to kind of step up and be those kind of leaders. And and uh, you know, he's doing great right now, and I can be more happy for how he's how he's doing and how much success he's having. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned that there's always got to be a good cop and a bad cop, whether you're married. Uh, my wife's a good cop, obviously, and uh, you know, there's always someone you have to talk to because you know when you're a kid and you're that age and you're still you know just graduating now, but you're you you get there and you're like, who do I talk to? And it's nice to have someone that you can just bounce things off of that'll listen uh, because you are on your own for the first time when you go to college and your parents aren't you know hanging over you telling you what to do and what not to do. But you mentioned earlier Sam Burns turning pro or leaving early. Did he always plan on doing that or did that thought ever cross your mind or did you want to graduate? It's kind of a two part question, I guess. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I kind of always knew that he was, that he was going to leave and they, you know, him and his family always, um, kind of had their, you know, their eyes set on, on that. And, and, uh, so I, I had a good idea, you know, just from talking to him that, uh, that final semester was going to be his last, and and you know if I wanted to play with him, you know I need to go ahead and hurry up and, and get there. Okay. So uh, you know that's what that's kind of what I did. You know my high school was really helpful. I went to Bird High School in Shreveport, and and they were you know more than happy enough to help me do that and, and take different classes to help me have enough hours to get my diploma and and and, uh, and be able to go to Bounders early and. and you know, I just think I, I I wanted to I wanted to go play there with him because that's you know mm-hmm. he's my he's my good buddy and and we grew up together and I just think it would have been really cool and uh, I'm really glad I did. Uh, but as for me, you know, you know I've always been kind of the guy that just kind of go with the flow a little bit in terms of 
you know, if I'm playing well enough, if I'm having a, a Sam Burns year, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll go ahead and, and get out of school. That's fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, if, if not, then I'm more than happy to, to get my degree and, and to finish it out, which, you know, ultimately ended up happening. But, uh, you know, I think either path is, is you know, there's no wrong path if, if, uh, if you know you're going to do that for a living kind of thing. Yeah, it's tough because there's very few Sam Burns or Justin <laughs> Thomases and, and Tiger Woods that come out early. I, I think you, you miss out on it. The pro tour is always going to be there. I think it's important to get those mm-hmm. four years in. Just experience life and enjoy those because those are four great years. It may not seem like it at the time, but you mentioned being a good student and coming in early. What, how was it, tough was it to juggle your school, playing golf, having a normal life, workouts? Because, I mean, I don't think that people and the, and the folks, the kids are listening, parents are listening, golf's a job now in college. It wasn't quite the same when I yeah. was in college, but it's a full-time job nearly, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's days where you wake up at 5 and, and you you work out, you go to class all day, you go practice, you go do qualifying. And, you know, I try to get in bed seven o'clock and go to sleep and, and some of my some of my roommates are like what are y'all what are you doing i'm like i'm i'm dead right now it just it, you know there's many days throughout the week that are like that and and uh you know but people have always asked me that question how do you how do you balance how do you you know and, and all i say is i've kind of done that all my life to right. be honest you know i don't know really know anything different um you know going to tournaments when i was in middle school and, and, and having to make up work. And, you know, I started working out at a young age too and try to do that as well. So, you know, I've always had to do that a little bit. And, and, uh, so I think that's just kind of, um, natural to me, but, uh, at the same time it is, it is pretty difficult and you don't have a whole lot of free time to, to do much, you know, which, uh, you know, sometimes you see, you know, your friends doing other stuff, but you know, it's, uh, you're really motivated you know you always have to you always have to have that time to to kind of decompress and do other things but you know if you're really motivated to to you know to do this dream and then you'll find a way to do it kind yeah of thing. time management and priorities i think you, you sound like you i know you do because i know you well enough that you do have those in order and i think that's the key for anyone who's successful but you know golfers are kind of quirky not quite as quirky as baseball players with superstitions i remember i wouldn't play a titleist too uh, or navy pants. I mean, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But uh, are you superstitious <laughs> in any way? Do you have any of those kind of crazy things that uh, all golfers seem to have one, I guess, or some kind of superstitious? Or eat at the same restaurant if you played well, or that kind of thing? You know, I used to be. I used to be very superstitious. I used to, you know, try to wear the same things if I was playing well, and then I'd, you know, <laughs> uh, wear the same wear the same hat every round if I played well. Um, or do, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I've, over the years I've gotten less and less superstitious, but, um, you know, I am in favor of if something's working, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. So if, if I go eat somewhere the night before and I play well, you know, heck, let's go, let's go again. You know, that kind of thing. You know, if I'm wearing, you know, maybe a certain, uh, you know, shoe or something or a certain glove that I like and, you know, I have to make a choice between wearing a different glove or something, and you know, I'll I'll stick with what's working, kind of thing. And and I've always kind of been that way. You know, just don't mess up what's what's not broken, kind of thing. And and uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if that's superstitious, but it's definitely uh, 
It's definitely stuff I still think about. You know, my teammates in college, I wasn't much of a practicer, and my theory was if I was playing well, why would I go want to mess something up? And if I wasn't playing well, why would I want to practice something bad? And they bring that up a lot. Yeah. Obviously, I did practice, but I did have those super – like you said, I mean, I wore the same shirt and pants two years in a row when I won a state am. Uh, and I actually got through tour school through them. And finally, I had to retire them. It was just, all right, enough's enough. You can't be this crazy. So you, you golfers do go through those those cranny things. But you talk about eating and your, and your family owns Superior Grills. What's your favorite dish? And it cannot be a margarita because Sissy said you would say margarita. So what's your favorite meal there at Superior Grill? <laughs> Margaritas are good there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's great. Every time I go there, you know, you got to get queso and I always just get chicken fajitas. I always get it. I don't know why. I just always do. I guess just out of habit. But, uh, you know, I, I always get chicken fajitas with corn tortillas and, uh, you know, obviously queso and, and maybe a margarita. Yeah, of course. So, I knew you were going to throw that in. That's one of my go-to. That's a go-to. That's because that's, 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 that's the thing when I told Sissy you are going to be on. She goes, you got to ask him that because that's the number one question. So, because uh, <laughs> she loves yeah, it. That's and, all that and, and I think we've been to about everyone. I mean, we when the girls, the women played the SECs, we were at the one in Birmingham. We were, I've been there a couple of times, of course, in Baton Rouge. So, uh, they're great places, New Orleans. I think I've pretty much hit all of them. They've pretty much taken care of me there. But uh, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned COVID and how crazy, uh, you know, I guess it was last year. It seems like it's hard to believe, but you know, the season's cut short. And I remember actually I was in Baton Rouge and the women's team was practicing. We were Baton Rouge country club when that, you know, the story came down, the whole season was, was canceled. And, and it was just unbelievable. Didn't look like we were going to play, but you opted to come back to finish in the fall or to play again in the fall. But how cool was it to go play at the blessings? And you mentioned that, and all five of you were in the same group together that was completely different than normal. Uh, how cool was yeah. it to see that golf was back and then you get to play with your own teammates. That had to be a pretty cool experience at the blessings. Yeah. No, I mean, I think just to be playing anywhere was a, was a blessing to be, you know, to be honest, you know, and we were super excited to, to play these tournaments and, you know, that was part of my reason for coming back is, Hey, I, mean, I know the SEC, they're, they're going to play. I know that they're, you know, they value sports and they're, they're going to play and, and, uh, you know, I might not have any other tournaments to play in. So let's, you know, let's go back and, and, you know, have these opportunities. I think it's, you know, it was very beneficial to have that and, and, uh, to play with our teammates. I mean, we've never, never done that before, you know, and, and it was, you know, I think the, the big thing was, is that we really, you know, rode off each other's momentum. So, you know, we really had to be cautious of, you know, if somebody is a little down, you know, you, this will take them back up because that can affect everybody. And, uh, or if somebody's, you know, making birdies, we obviously had those holes where that affected all of us. And, you know, we strung together three or four birdies in a, you know, in a couple holes. And so it was a cool experience, really cool. Um, I enjoyed it. I think, you know, the only tough part about it is, I mean, the rounds were, were so long, yeah. they're seven and a half hours. And, uh, and that was the only tough deal that, you know, I think it's it's hard to focus in four hours, you know, let alone seven and a half on a hard golf course. So that's the only part that uh, I think was a little difficult. But um, other than that, I think I think if they were, you know, four or five hour rounds, I think that'd be a lot of fun to do every time. 
Yeah, I mentioned some of the coaches. They said the problem was, you know, someone got going south and the whole team could go south. But the good thing is that they got going. Uh, you weren't, you were kind of cheering for your own team, but you had to kind of focus on your own game. I think that was the the tricky right. part of it. But uh, you, you you decide, you graduate, and you turn pro. Were you going to come back in the spring? Was that always kind of your plan to turn pro uh, here after you finished up in the fall? You know, I think uh, I, I kind of had an open mind to mm-hmm. it. I, you know, I, I, I first, yes, I was going to come back in the spring and, and finish out. Uh, but I always kind of left that option a little bit open for me uh, and my family. We've talked about it, you know, even before we came to school. It's, mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's if the right time is after the the fall, then, then we'll do that. And, uh, you know, I really just felt like uh, it was time to time to move on, time to do do something else. I wasn't exactly playing as great as I wanted to. And, and I felt like I needed to make a lot of changes and, and, you know, to play this game professionally. And, and, uh, you know, I think having school and having that, you know, having that, you know, out of the picture where I can just focus on golf. And I think that was kind of a big appeal to me. And, uh, so that was kind of behind my decision. And uh, I really was that, really, really was that piece about it just because, I came there early mm-hmm. and I got in my four, I got in my four years and, um, you know, that's, that's all anybody ever has anyways. It's four years. And, right. and so, uh, that was kind of my, my decision and, and uh, my reasoning behind it. That's true. That's, that's a good point. You did come in early. Uh, so what's your plan now? I mean, where are you going to play? I mean, Q school won't be till the fall. I mean, what, how you, what tournaments you're going to play in? Where are you going to go try to play? What's your plan, uh, uh, going forward, now you want to get your game in course this time of year. Everything's kind of slow with the weather, but uh, uh, what's the plan going forward? Yeah, so I'm going to play um, really a bunch of bunch of qualifiers and and Corn Ferry qualifiers, PGA qualifiers. I got my first pro tournament the first week in January in Orlando. It's called the Big Money Golf Classic. It's the first year for it, okay. and uh, that'll be my first first pro tournament. I'll just be playing, you know, a lot of qualifiers and, and, you know, up until, you know, Canadian Q school, which is hopefully going to happen in the March in March. And, um, and then after that, we'll, we'll just keep, you know, playing those qualifiers or, you know, get into the, the tour. I'll play that over the summer and, and really just wait till, till Q school, Corn Ferry Q school, um, in the fall. And, you know, I think, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're all working towards is, is that, Acute school, you've been through it, so mm-hmm. uh, you know. You got any advice? Throw it, throw it my play as play there. as many tournaments and stay as competitive as you can. I think that's the biggest key. I think when when I kind of quit playing at forty. Uh, on the regular tour and, and kind of took some time off and kept cutting schedule back more and more and more, spent more time at home, which I, I'm so proud I did that. But when I turned 50, I just wasn't very sharp. So the the, the advice is mm-hmm. to keep competitive, keep playing tournaments. Uh, that's the most important. The qualifiers are great. But uh, find some tournaments to play in. Find some state opens even to play in. It's so weird because of COVID, and hopefully the spring gets around and everything kind of gets back to normal. And if you get the chance to play in Canada, it's an awesome tour to play. So many people have done it. David's done it. Uh, so many guys who've made it to the tour have done that. So uh, that's my advice to you to do that. I think it's just staying competitive, playing tournaments, and keep working hard. But I, I looked over your career stats at LSU, 44 events, which is 125 rounds, average 72.27, fourth best in school history, 12 top 10s, 15th best in program. Out of the 125 rounds, 107 counted. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and 54 of those rounds were par or better. 
When you look back at your four yeah. years at LSU, what are you most proud of? And that's always a tough question because yeah, I, it's a hard one to kind of pinpoint it to one thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I'm most proud of, you know, coming there early and, and competing right away. And, and you know, from that, I've, you know, all the tournaments that you know, LSU's had that since I've been there, I've played in them. I've, I haven't missed one tournament. And so that's, uh, mm. that was kind of the, you know, that was probably the most thing I'm most proud of. And, and, uh, you know, I think, I think my years at LSU, they were, they were a lot of fun that we had some good, good memories. We played, you know, pretty well. And, and, uh, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I don't think I would do it any differently. And, um, it was a great, great time. And, and I'll, I'm a tiger for life. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a cool story. It's just so cool to see guys like you that have worked hard, just good people and, and being successful and, and kind of kept everything in perspective. And, and, and I appreciate you being on the podcast because I, I know you're uh, working on your game. I'm trying to deer hunt and not having much success. So uh, <laughs> we'll have to call Sam and get some advice on that. But I always kind of like yeah. to end it with, uh, you know, whether life or golf, you may have uh, only one shot and you got to make it count. You're making it count. And we look forward to watching you. Uh, I'm going to be hopefully watching you on the Golf Channel and, and seeing what the future holds for you. But appreciate you being on, uh, and, and good luck to you going forward. Thank you. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you all. Tell Kathleen I said hey, and, and we'll talk soon. I'll do it. She's just up the road in St. Francisville. Maybe we'll get her. I don't think she's picked up her club since last summer, so we'll see if we, she can find <laughs> her. So appreciate you being and good luck, buddy. All right. Thanks so much.